Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Only Stupid Answers. My name is Sam Bash and joined as always by Mr. DJ Waldridge. That's How me. Are you doing? I'm doing. Uh, I don't know if you guys can tell, we are doing this from other sides of the world today, and we're joined by a third man, the one, the only, the star of History Channel's Eating History, Mr. Josh McCuga. How are you doing? Thank you guys so much. Uh, You know, I love being on this show with you guys. Uh, Two very like-minded gentlemen. We always seem to have a really good time and a lot of laughs, so I'm excited. Hell yeah, man. No, I mean, before you came on the show, you weren't a TV star. You were dominating the History Channel. What's your life been like? I mean, one, we were talking about quarantine, but, I mean, you got a new show out. Where can people watch it? Where can people find Eating History? Yeah, man. Um, You know, if I thought that when I got into this business, I would be hosting a TV show during a pandemic, you know, uh, it's been a weird year. Did not see that one coming. (laughs) Uh, yeah, man. History Wednesday nights, 10 PM. We just uh, launched this week two two episodes back to back 10 and 10 30. That'll be the same going forward for the next two weeks. So next Wednesday, Wednesday after back to back episodes, 10 and 10 30. And then we'll have four brand new episodes the next four week paired with, um a a repeat episode from before so you can catch up and then i just have been flipping through history channel and we're we're playing at least once a day every day sandwiched between other shows um and then you can go on history.com you can watch the episodes there they have a history app there are youtube clips up there some like cool behind the scenes stuff and uh yeah man it's it's kind of everywhere it's been awesome it's uh, it's kind of surreal at points i you know sometimes i got to sit back and appreciate stuff you guys know when you've been Doing this for as long as we have, you 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 kind of get jaded a little bit, but then you also want to like, you want to celebrate. You want to have those those celebratory moments because sometimes they're few and far between. Well, especially now with everything that's going on, it's good to like really celebrate everything's happening. I, I feel very uh, thankful. Uh, to you that you were able to shoot this prior to everything that it's not like you were like flying over to shoot and then everything happens. You did say that it's like, you know, I I never would have thought I would have had a show uh, during a quarantine. And I just thought how funny would it be if for some reason you and only you knew this was happening. So when people are like, we're going to drop this in, it's like, you're like, that's when the quarantine's happening. And they're like, what? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Don't worry about it. (laughs) There's literally, there's literally nothing we can do about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh -uh. Yeah. yeah. What? No, I said Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you guys got it. Yeah, we got that. Um, the uh, the funny thing too is it's very it's very timely. We're talking about how food ages and how it, you know, how it holds up or doesn't hold up over time. And I think a lot of people are like searching through cabinets right now, going, I don't know. Like Amanda just pulled out this jar of Trader Joe's bolognese, and she was like, "This expired six months ago." I was like. Phew. Easy, eat it. You yeah, got it. You're good to go. I could, I couldn't help it when I was watching the first episode, but thinking about because you, were, you guys were pulling up stuff from like the depression and everything, and I'm like, this is way too timely for me. I can't handle this. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yep. I can't wait. Uh, we're gonna hop into it because I have some questions for you from our audience as well as questions for me about how your tummy's doing and whatnot, <laughs> and, uh, and also making a TV show, which is pretty dang cool. Uh, yeah. But to kick 
uh, I want to ask, we do do a segment called What We're Into This Week, but I'm going to pair it with, how are you doing with this whole quarantine thing? Uh, DJ, we'll start with you. What are you into this week, and how are you doing? You know what? Uh, I'm doing mostly okay. I got uh, I, I got a little bit uh, down on the dumps at the end of the week for no particular reason. I think that, that might be true for a lot of people where just the waves hit you of like, oh, man. This blows because uh, because truthfully, I, I'm kind of built for this. I, I work from home. Uh, I cut my own hair like I, I, it's not it's not so much a change in my day to day life as so much as just the way you feel about things. Um, I cut my you cut your you cut your hair. Oh, yeah, I have for like the last 10 years. Yeah, see, it's it turned out. Who knew that it was a skill that would become handy? Yeah, um, yeah I, I did it just to save money. And honestly, there's not a lot you can do with my hair. It's a pretty straightforward procedure. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so I've been doing that since college. But uh, but for me, I've been doing. Um, I've been watching a little bit of Tiger King. Uh, yes. Yes, but I'm going to wait till I've seen more. I'm only like three episodes in, so I'm going to wait till I've seen more to like really dive into that. But it is bananas. Uh, I also have yes. been uh, playing Last of Us, uh, which because I didn't play it when it first came out, so I'm playing it now, which is also a little bit too uh, a little too timely at times. Um, there's yeah. like, the, the opening sequences, like everybody's like freaking out in a, in a pandemic, pandemic, and I'm just sitting there going, "You all should be practicing safe social distancing. Why are you out in public? You should be at home." Um, is it? Weird that when you watch movies like from even like a couple of years ago and they're hugging, you're like, oh, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, hold on, <laughs> hold on. You're too close. Hold on. Uh, but the one thing I wanted to dive into is I, because again, you're, this is a good time to catch up on things that you have not had a chance to do uh, recently. So I watched on Netflix, I watched the movie Triple Frontier, which is an action film um, starring Ben Affleck um, and Oscar Isaac and the rest of the gang, other a bunch of other white boys. Uh, Pedro I got to watch it. Well, I don't know if you gotta. Uh, uh, it's it's it, honestly it's pretty good. The first half is really good because the first half is setting up like it's basically like heist movie, but also war movie uh, because it's a bunch of these these uh, military dudes that are trying to um, uh, uh, rob this like major cartel guy in South America. So it's them like getting the group to classic heist stuff, getting the group together and getting ready to do the heist. And uh, but it's all in like like Call of Duty level, uh, hard uh, hardcore military hardware and everything, and with military precision. And in the half halfway point, they do the heist, um, and of course, there's complications. And then they discover significantly more money, like like paper bills, money than they anticipated. And the rest of the movie becomes like the logistics of how do we move so much money, which I actually really like that concept. Yeah. And they start seeding this like treasure of Sierra Madre, like people kind of being corrupted by the money. And like, can we really trust these people that we thought were our brothers? And then they completely throw all of that in the trash and it becomes a pretty straightforward like soldiers are heroes and we just, we got to do the right thing. And it just becomes so boring. And huh. all the all the guys are basically the same guy like Sam and I because we're doing this show called Quarantine Tarantino on YouTube to kind of you know, keep doing content while everything's going on. And we did first movie obviously was reservoir dogs. And part of what made that work is that you had all these distinct bad guy personalities rubbing against each other and bumping off each other and causing tension. Uh, uh, triple frontiers like, yeah, but what if they were all kind of the same dude? (laughs) (laughs) 
and so so when it comes to that moment of where the tension should be ratcheting up and 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 you should be testing allegiances and all that stuff it just it it kind of becomes uh not bad but just a little more boring uh which was disappointing okay so it's basically just like a a three cheese grilled cheese with the same kinds of cheese in it yes Yes, and you're like, and that first cheese, you're like, oh my, yeah, this the the, and not that Oscar Isaac is great, Ben Affleck is great, all the performances are really solid across the board. Pedro Pascal is is kind of a smaller role, but he turns in a really good performance. But yeah. they're all like, I don't know, and it, and it feels it, I, yeah, it, it it becomes a little bit too um, uh, preachy for me about like uh, the military and all that stuff, uh, and so it just I, I think it would have been a more interesting movie. It leaned into the back like, hey, these. These dudes decided to rob somebody. They pay some lip service to this. They tried to, decided to rob somebody. These guys are like doing bad stuff. And then it kind of backs away. And it's like, no, you need to own it, man. You, if they're going for it, you need to go for it. But yeah, so that have was. You guys watch, have you guys watched Dirty Money? Do you guys watch that? It's like, it's on Netflix. And each episode is, it's like a, and each episode is like an hour long mini documentary about dirty money like you know people that have gotten away with the system things that we don't think about because we don't know but one of them is about how drug cartels are now laundering money by buying illegal gold from peru and it was like a very interesting way of how like they caught these guys and how certain things are working because since the 80s the american government has made it impossible for drug dealers to use cash on major purchases so they can't like buy homes in america with cash you can't buy cars with cash you can't buy boats or like major purchases so they can't get rid of their money quick enough and you can't go to casinos anymore to try and launder money because if you if you turn in like more than two hundred thousand dollars in cash Mm -hmm. to a casino they have to report it to the u.s government Anyway, it's kind of like when you're talking about the middle of Triple Frontier, I was like, okay, that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in. It's like how they got away with laundering money or figuring out how to get rid of bills kind of a situation. Yeah, But yeah, definitely. I, you guys I think you enjoy that series, Dirty Money. It's pretty good. I think yeah. I've set it aside because I was watching a lot. I was watching a little bit of this um, docuseries called Underground Inc., which I think seems a little less um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's a little more dubious than the show you're talking about um, okay. it is, as far as its source material. Um, but, uh, obviously I, cause of the stuff I've projects I've been working on, I've been, I've been spending a lot of time with like the logistics of criminality. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I will, you know, I will say I'm 20 minutes in or 20 pages into your script and I'm, and I'm very much in, invested. Oh, well, like, thank I like, you. I like crime. I like anything like my wife of obviously, you know, like that's the new thing is women love like these true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. Amanda loves true crime. She loves British crime shows. She loves detectives. She's like, I feel like she's seen every law and order CSI NCIS. Uh, she lo- like my wife. I'm telling you, she missed her calling. She should have been a private investigator. Like I'm telling you guys, if I come home and I smell like, she's like, did you eat bacon today? I'm like, what? <laughs> like maybe seven hours ago, I went to breakfast. Who'd you go to breakfast with? I don't know, Mark Ellis. Okay, well, I can still smell the bacon. Like she can, she is <laughs> absolute private investigator. If you need, if like you're watching a show and you don't know what the person's name is on the show, she will go down a rabbit hole and find that person on Instagram in under ten minutes. No nice. problem. That's awesome. Yeah. I've my my go to has always kind of been like, listen, man, if this whole Hollywood thing doesn't work out, PI, man, that's where it's at. That's where we're gonna. And I think in my mind, it's a lot more exciting than it would actually end up being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What was that show with uh, Jason Schwartzman and uh, Ted Danson? Bored to Death. Bored yes. to Death, yeah. 
it's kind of the same the same uh like you know plot is dj has had enough and he mm-hmm. becomes a pi and just becomes jason sword Schwarzman. Yeah, yeah and is not very good at it but he's really motivated <laughs> yeah correct correct yep yeah. Uh, Josh, let's start to you. What, how are you doing with the quarantine? And what have you been into this week? What's a uh, show you checking out or book or game or something? Well, you know, the the crazy part is it's so for the last four months, I've been shooting Eating History, right? So we started early November and we we legitimately wrap wrapped on ADR, VO, reshoots, everything we needed to get done. Uh, for the most part, I still have to like send VO remotely um, here and there, but we wrapped on March the 6th. So, I mean, about a week before we all lost our minds. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like uh, that next weekend, we were pretty much told we got to stay inside. So that all happened. Like I, I can't say how lucky and fortunate we were to get this show done. But in that four months, I was basically you know, like shooting every day from about 8 a.m. till 9 p.m. So I, w- I wasn't watching a lot of TV. Like I'd wake up every morning, do a quick workout and watch an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. And that was, that was like the only TV I was really watching. Um, so I'm trying to catch up on a bunch of different stuff that I missed during shooting. And now with the quarantine, it's kind of like been a perfect storm. Like I haven't seen my wife for four months and now we don't not see each other. Exactly. Um, I finally got to see Rise of Skywalker, which I loved. Like nice. I really enjoyed that movie. I, you know, I'm the I'm the casual Star Wars fan, so I think this last trilogy was totally for me because mm-hmm. it was totally like I'm way more fluffy. I didn't really know that Emperor Palpatine couldn't have come back. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know all of the the, the deep hate on Twitter that guys like Christian Harloff and Ken Napsok get <laughs> uh, because yeah. they know so much about Star Wars. For me, this last Rise of Skywalker might be you know now in my top three favorite Star Wars movies. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, that, it too. I it actually yeah. the, it reminded me a little bit of um, uh, I've been watching Star Trek Picard on CBS All Access, and I know okay. some some people liked the last few episodes. Some people, a lot of like hardcore Trekkers, really hated it. And I think I had a similar feeling with Rise of Skywalker. It's just at a certain point, I'm just happy you're answering things. Like yeah. finally, once you're like here, hey, here's what's going on. I'm like, oh, finally, good. Let's just keep going. Like I don't care. Like <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nitpick how I feel about that. Let's just start answering questions and get things done. Yeah, like the dyad thing was so cool. I was like, now I get it. Yeah, I get it. Thanks for answering my question of why they're the only people that can meet on this like solar plane where nobody else can be. I like I really enjoyed that. Um, exactly. We uh, I watched we watched Onward the other night, the new Pixar movie. That's fantastic. Agreed. Uh, I, I shed a tear with that one. That one. Oh yeah. yeah. I got um, with the brother stuff, and uh, you know, my brother went through cancer last year, so like Whoa. there is a you know there was a really magical thing, and my wife lost her uh, dad when she was twelve years old, so like there was the dad aspect of it. I mean, she and I were both sobbing. Yeah, a lot and of then, tears in the Makuga uh, household. A lot of tears. Then uh, we, we watched Tiger King, obviously, mm-hmm. which is, guys, can we, I mean, I think we can all agree as a people. I know, are you all the way through it, Sam? I have not, I have not watched it yet. I've been checking out, I have some other stuff I want to give a shout out to because I haven't checked it out yet because it was, I saw it, I saw people talking about it, but it just never clicked in my brain until I, we, I saw DJ this week to pick, pick up some equipment so I could do this from where I'm at and the yeah. camera just cut out. So that's good. So obviously <laughs> everything's working great. Uh, <laughs> as long as you can hear me, we're going to keep rolling with it. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I have not checked out any of it yet because I did check out some, uh, some of my favorite shows of all time ended this week or were, are coming to an end. So that's been my focus, but please talk 
talk freely about it because plenty of people have already sent me things that have kind of spoiled things for me. No, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Uh, I will just say that I, I'm I, personally, I think this, there he is. There's personally, a boy. Personally, I think this may be the most insane documentary I've ever seen on Netflix, at yeah. least, and maybe ever. In, in one sense, that every 10 minutes, you kind of say to yourself, wait, what? <laughs> right? Like, there are so many things that are said in the documentary so nonchalantly, right? <laughs> like, the wife and I looked at each other kind of almost positive points and be like, wait, we won't. Rewind that real quick. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. It's and you you know this year if we have a Halloween if we're allowed to touch each other again the like fifty percent <laughs> of the adult population will be dressed as a as somebody from Tiger King. One hundred percent. There's definitely going to be a lot of Joe Exotic cosplay going on. No, I love. Yeah. I like true crime uh, uh, documentaries and stuff like that. I also like you know growing up in Florida. I knew some like not big cat people, which now I feel like I'm missing out. But uh, you know people that were <laughs> no. like. Did Gator wrangling? Um, yeah, <laughs> and you just—it just keeps the layers of the of the craziness. Just keeps it just keeps getting deeper, and to the point where I think the best example of what you're getting into is in those first few minutes. They cut to a bunch of people talking about like the majesty of like with these cats and raising them and what it means to them, and like half the people are missing limbs. You're like, wait, 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 what's <laughs> what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> it's either they're missing t- limbs or teeth. Yes, I, I, it's. Man, it is something. I like. I we may like get to the end of Netflix before this quarantine is over, and we may want to just restart Tiger King because it's because it's that good. Uh, the like the final. I feel like it could have maybe been six episodes instead of seven because they drug out the last episode a little bit. But the meat of that show is just absolute gold. It's just it's gold. Yeah, um, I can't you wait know to what check else? it out. It, you know what else I did watch, which I think you guys would love if you haven't watched it yet, is I'm not okay with this. No, not yet. That's um, that's starring the girl from It, right? Correct. Yeah, seven episodes, thirty minutes apiece. It's based on a comic book. It's like a little mini movie, and it's awesome. It's really, really good. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's the same team that worked on End of the Fucking World, and I really like that show. I really, really liked what they did with that. It has the same feel to it and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, um, for me, before we get into the meat of the episode, I, I this week, I think last week before they did the full state shutdown for California, I was able to go into this temp job I'm doing right now, which has been was a nice breath of fresh air of having that like st- uh, structure. And now that yeah. that's gone, um, I'm bummed. Uh, but like I, I get to spend time with my girlfriend and we're, we're having a good time. But I have gotten back into running in the middle of the day, which has oh, been nice. really helpful, like halfway through the day when I'm like. I'm able to go and run it off for like I can do like a mile and a half and then come back make myself some lunch and then go and um, go back to work and it's been a nice way to balance but um, and we've uh, my girlfriend and I have made Thursdays date night so we both like show each other something Mm -hmm. so she showed me Boy Meets World because I never like watched it love it I've never like watched it so she showed me some of her favorite episodes and I was like oh I get it like I get it like there's like obviously like dated stuff favorite elements is when like Actors are acting, and they're trying to inter- interact with something that uh, that a, a crew built that was supposed to stand in for something else, but they clearly like break it a little bit. But they still act through the broken part. Like there, it's like a roller coaster episode where like Mr. Feeny and Corey. I'm yeah. sorry, I have to remember all the names. Uh, are, 
yeah, yeah. And so they're in a roller coaster and they put the bars down and they keep like talking and they keep like flying. The thing keeps flying up as they're talking and like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because like that's not the point of what's happening right now. Uh, I, it's just like little elements, but like I get, I understand it. I feel like a crazy person for talking about a thirty-year-old show for the first time. It's like, <laughs> yes, I get it. So now we're gonna watch it, and it's great. It was yep. very good. Um, but the big thing I want to give a shout out to, cause I started, uh, in our discord, we, uh, were started talking about Steven universe, which is a show that was on Cartoon Network and aired its finale this week. It was an hour long and the show has these like magical elements to it. But the point of the show is talking about your identity and helping. I think it's one of the most like powerful and effective, uh, like animated programming that it can appeal to both adults and children. That's the point of why they made the show. Uh, and it's also meant to challenge you to talk about who you are as a person and accepting others for their faults, their their negative like their negative aspects, but also their positive aspects and identifying what those are in yourself and others. Uh, and I, it's it's a very dense show that's able to dole out information in like these like snappy ways without having to like sit down and have someone explain it to you. It's more just uh, being able to personify it as supernatural elements instead of like fighting these negative parts you're able to accept these negative parts of a person and deal with them and this whole last season has been the premise was for those who don't know it's about a young kid who has magical powers i'm really dulling this dumbing this down kid (laughs) has magical powers and he basically saves the universe they do this follow-up season where he's a teenager he's about to go off into the world and now all of a sudden he his powers start to act up whenever he gets upset so they're like what's what's happening and the puberty power Mm -hmm. exactly basically they 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 dive into the fact that like hey so like your life was uh, uh, threatened ba- on a weekly basis when you were a kid, and that didn't make you a super healthy adult. Like, every time you think something bad's going to happen, your body reacts the same okay. way it would be when someone had a sword to your face. And so you, we have to figure out a way to deal with this. And uh, it's so cool the way they're able to have their characters evolve in more mature ways and figure out these positive storytelling elements to deal with it basically it's like an action oriented show that ends with optimism instead of ending with like gritty like uh crime noir kind of vibes if i can if if i'm summing this up the best i can i think the finale was great It, it ended uh true to fashion with what the show is and i can't recommend it enough it's one of those shows that i feel like will get talked about for for years and years and years for its influence on the animated medium and also its influence on people because the way the show i deals with identity because the show, it, it's uh, I, I read a review that was like, this is the the gayest show on television because there's like it had a lesbian wedding, it had uh, multiple lesbian relationships, there are non-binary characters, there are gay characters. They're like they don't care, they are just going to tell the story, and it's not like look at us, pat us on the back for having these characters. It's like no, 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 we want to tell a good story with these characters, and I just I can't celebrate it enough, and I can't wait to wait to rewatch it because it's such a treat. So that's what I'm into, and quarantine is as a bob bucket of laughs over here. <laughs> it's a ball. Um, but also, I was able to check out a little show over on the History Channel called Eating History, starring Josh McCuga and Old Smokey. Uh, first two episodes, like you said, uh, are over on HistoryChannel.com. That's where I checked it out. I posted it on our Discord, which you can join over on our Patreon uh, for as low as uh, uh, five bucks a month. And yeah, I put all the episodes in there so you can go and um, go watch it over on the channel and support our boy. Buddy. Yes. yes. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. But so this is, so just kind of diving into the history for you. Th- is this like your first... Uh, this is your first like leading uh, 
TV show role that you've had been a part of. I know that you did a, a traveling booze show that was uh, that had like an episode or two up on history, correct? One episode on Travel Channel. Uh, right. It was called Epic Happy Hours. It was a, it was like it was the kind of show that could have gone for like three or four seasons, and we could have probably hit like the best happy hours around the country. And then people have been like, "All right, we get it," you know. And then my liver would have been like, "All right, that's enough," <laughs> you know. Like, let's we're done. Um, but. They, I don't, Travel Channel didn't know what they wanted as like a network, I think, at the time. And then they kind of went into like heavier ghost, like uh, paranormal kind of programming. They do love that program. A lot of people, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows <laughs> that. Like, that's, you know, I, listen, there were points when I like, I walk around uh, and like, you know, during this quarantine, I don't go out at night a lot. <laughs> it seems way too quiet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Way too quiet. Um, like I, I know that I'm not a country person. I know that for a fact. So, so I stick to the things I'm comfortable with. That's why paranormal show doesn't work for me anyway. So yeah, I had it. I, I led that show on travel channel, but then yeah, for as far as the series goes, yeah, this is, um, this is the first foray into, you know, my life was, was eating history for four straight months, you know, day in, day out. I was living in a hotel in Brooklyn, um, you know, for, I'm telling you guys, by the time March rolled around, I was on a first name staff or first name base with not just like the staff, but the whole staff, like from the restaurant to the guy opening the door to, you know, front desk to waiters and bartenders and like the people in the coffee shop. It was a really cool hotel. You know what I mean? Like the, by the end, they just kept putting beers in my fridge. Like they would just put like one or two beers a night because they kept seeing like, Jesus, he's here till March. Like he's in this small hotel room. Till, we got to help him out. Mm-hmm. So um, it was like, that part was really cool. Kind of getting out of my comfort zone, but you know, every day was a new adventure. It was really, really cool. Um, I get why I get, and this is going to, I hope this doesn't sound bougie, I, but I get why, why TV, why people like being talent on TV. Like you're taken care of, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? People take care of you every, everywhere I went or anything I needed, somebody reached out to me and they were like, you know, what do you need? Like, we'll take care of it. I was like, this is, this, this feels pretty cool yeah. like that, you know what I mean? But you know, you work hard your whole career to get to this point. And, you know, I was just lucky enough that the production company was the same production company that did my happy hour show. And they brought me on because they knew that I was, I was a collector and they knew that I was passionate about a lot of different things. And they knew that I could definitely carry this show with old Smokey and, you know, it, you we had never really worked together. I met Old Smokey one at like the chemistry test. And then two, I had sent in some food and, you know, I, I had had some like, you know, my dad's a collector of crazy old stuff. And so we have some beers from the 70s still in our fridge from when the Steelers won the Super Bowl that have never left the refrigerator ever. And I'm telling you, like we moved houses and they stayed in that refrigerator. Nice. It was almost like this when Costanza tries to move the Frogger machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those are going to be popped open on the on the series finale series finale hopefully 10 years from now yes. after we you know and um so it, it was it was a lot of fun that you guys will see in the episodes i think what comes across is one Smokey and i really get along well together and that you know that takes some time but he and i were put into this situation it's a very and you we could like concocted the show from nothing the the idea of the show was let's try old food and let's give you a history of it 
But you can only have so many episodes where that may get a little tiresome. So you'll see some episodes where we do some really cool activities with some of the old food. Um, we do we have some really old items that nobody's maybe even heard of, and it's more of like a science experiment. Some of the collectors that we met on the road are some like very very interesting people. You know, Vic that we met with the hot sauce. Mm -hmm. I, he showed us that you don't even see on the on the show. That's that's the entryway to his house. Is all that hot sauce? Oh, right? you're not talking about the boxes and boxes of hot sauce that he doesn't have on display. So you're talking about a guy with like twelve to thirteen thousand bottles of hot sauce. Jeez, Jeevers, it's a lot. And you know, we go to comic cons. We know people that cosplay. Our own little cool nerd world of what people do. There is there is a giant hot sauce community, and Vic, who was on the show, he is Elvis. He is the Elvis of the hot sauce world. There's um, where I was staying in Brooklyn. There was a hot sauce shop right around the corner, and I walked in the one day and I said, "Hey, I'm shooting the show for history. It's called Eating History." We actually went to this guy's house who has all these hot sauce bottles, and the guy was like, "Vic, you know Vic?" Uh -huh. Like, yeah, Vic. And he's like, <laughs> Vic is a legend. He actually, when I went in the shop, he's like, "Call him." He called Vic. And we talked about hot sauces for like ten more minutes at this hot sauce hot sauce shop in Brooklyn. It was really cool. That's really insane. Cool. So I, I we obviously got a, an opportunity when when you were on the show in the past. You were kind of telling us about this before it was it had been uh, you know it was it was announced or whatever. And uh, I have to admit that when you told it to me, I assumed it was going to be primarily um what the, there was in the first episode there's a segment where uh, a gentleman cooks you guys like onion with peanut butter in it that was kind of like during the depression uh yeah. i thought that was what was going to be happening where people cook uh fresh food in the way that people had done it in the past i did not understand that you were opening up like 30 year old 40 year old 50 year old bags of fritos uh and going to be consuming that and so how's your tummy doing <laughs> <laughs> the uh so ken albala is the guy that made us the peanut butter stuffed onion really original guy he uh he's been published like 27 sometimes uh, writing books about different food histories and you'll see we go back to see him two more times in the series nice uh, both the one one is is pretty safe uh it's it's very interesting it's got a really cool history and something that people ate a lot of back in the day and the other one is very esoteric and was probably my favorite thing that we ate. So it's a cool dichotomy. Um, but the, as far as my tummy goes, I will say this, there's a reason they put that Frito in the first episode that that was, as far as the old food goes, that's the worst thing I put in my mouth. Really? Um, wow. It was, I'm telling you guys, like I can still taste it like right here. Oh, right on my back molar. Um, <laughs> there's, there's an episode coming up where we don't eat it. Because what we'd die if we did. Um, but the smell of that item, I'm not going to tell you guys what it is, but the smell of it, I accidentally, when we opened it, I put my face a little too close to it, and it, it, it hasn't left, like, right here. Jeez. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, like, there are certain days when I think about it, and I just kind of shudder. Um, you know, I've never been close to a dead body, but I, I got to imagine that's kind of maybe that smell. I, I, I don't know, but it's a smell that I've never smelled before and have not smelled since. And I, I don't envision myself wanting to smell that. But, you know, like a couple of the episodes did turn my stomach. Um, I'm lucky that I do have like an ironclad stomach. Good for uh, you. I was, 
You know, I was kind of born with that. I've always been in my family. Like if nobody eats it, Josh will eat it. So don't worry about it. Um, you know, I my my one aunt used to call me the uh, the garbage disposal, which I don't know if that's like it's good a cute name. name. <laughs> it's yeah, it's cute. cute. And my dad called me kitchen sink. And I was a fat kid growing up, so uh, you know, my dad called me kitchen sink for a long time. So you know, this this show it does it does tear at my heartstrings a little bit because I've been doing stupid shit with food my whole life, and now I'm getting paid for it, which is perfect. Great. Yeah, perfect. That's all. That's what it's all about. Do you yes. feel like with uh, everything that's that's going on? Do you feel like because uh, I, I mentioned the the kind of like the dust bowl cuisine of the peanut butter with the onion, with some of that yeah. stuff? Do you feel like better prepared for whatever happens next? <laughs> it's the way you said that so ominously. Uh, you know, yes, mm-hmm. you, we're going to have to start getting creative with food, guys. I I, I have an, a, a sneaking suspicion that you know. There are there are going to be restaurants that might have to start resorting to ingredients that they didn't want to use before, things like that. I mean, not right now. We seem to be fine. But the longer this goes on and the longer that we may not have money or we, we may not have the ability to earn money, we could be getting creative. But I think the other thing that's cool is that if you have some older stuff in your shelf and you watch Eating History, you're like, I mean, those crackers only expired two years ago. I can still eat them. They're not going to be that great, but I can still probably eat them. Or they might be that great. Guys, we tried stuff that was like 60, 70 years old that was fantastic. I'm telling you, it's weird how certain foods hold up. It's obviously like how they're sealed, how they're packaged, how they're kept, how they're stored. So many different variables. But some of the stuff that we thought was going to be brutal wasn't. Some of the stuff that we thought was going to be great wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's, it's kind of was a game of opposites a lot of days for sure. So uh, for me, Fritos. That was a bummer that those didn't hold up because Fritos are a person. That's a that's you put those on a sandwich on like a meatball sub. Yes. That's that's the cream of the crop. Uh, yeah. I did read an interview where you guys talked about cod fo- codfish oil was yeah. a surprise, but that hasn't been on an episode yet. As far as nope. I remember, no, it hasn't. So we'll say that. We'll get to that. Yeah. I did want to yeah. ask uh, tooth powder. Yes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. How? Yeah. Is it foamed in your mouth? It did. Uh, that was that was bad. Yeah. Um, I, I'm lucky that I didn't grow up in a household like like say Ralphie in a Christmas Story where we had to eat soap if we swore. Yeah. But I was I was basically brushing my teeth with like a mixture of of soap and um, like old dishwater and a little bit of like uh, Comet and then there was this aftertaste of like. Um, uh, Murphy's oil soap. Yeah. So I had two questions involved with the with the oh, toothpaste damn. situation. Good. Yeah, I have two questions with the with the toothpaste. One was a is toothpaste a con? Like, because when you guys went into the history about it, it's like this company did a whole ad campaign about how we need this, and everybody's like, "All right." And I was like, "Wait a second, have we all been scammed into getting toothpaste all these years?" <laughs> it's a thought. Like, it's a thought. What's crazy is that you just. Figured when you're watching old shows like per se Deadwood, right? Yeah. The Oliphant's teeth look amazing. Yes, they do. Uh, you know, a lot of the other people's teeth don't look amazing. I feel like if we were to go back in time, because that's when you know, I think we may have talked about this on the show. When somebody asks you when you'd like to, if you could travel back in time, when would you go back in time to? Like, I, I think the latest I would go back to is maybe the '60s. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but it's like I don't want to go back. I, I, first of all, I don't want to be around dinosaurs. That sounds terrible. Okay, I don't want that. Medieval times, everybody's got the plague. Yeah, uh, it seems like 
anytime you go back and back and back, everything just smells like the farther back you go, the worse it smells. Right. Yes. So I, I don't need that. But the fact that we weren't brushing our teeth regularly until like the thirties or forties, like that wasn't that long ago. Mm-mm. Oh no. For me, I was, I did a, a deep dive cause uh, I was listening to this podcast about the guy who like invented dentistry, like the way it's supposed to be that it used to be like a, a thing you could do in the street. Like you get your shoes fixed, you buy your groceries and then there's a dentist there that will like, like knock a couple teeth out, you know, like smile a couple down and then you get out of there. But it's like, outside and then they're yeah. like wait hold on what if we like did it inside and they're like wait and then like 10 years later like what if we washed our hands before putting them in people's mouths and you're like hmm wait a crazy. second uh, <laughs> so no, yeah no that's uh, diving into like the like i do appreciate especially because it is the history channel i did like that you guys like you lean hard into it that's the point of why you guys are doing this and so yeah. like when you guys get into hard tech I yeah. think everybody, I don't know if you were this kid, but I had a friend who was, who loved teaching me about the military. Like, mm-hmm. did you know, like, in 1930, like, da, da, da. and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was like, nice man, tight. Uh, so, like, I think I tried a version of hard tack when I was a kid. Like, yeah. obviously, like, but that was made now, not from the Civil War. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's bad. It sucks. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. Old, it sucks. New, it sucks. It's just not good. I mean, you can still find it places. They don't make it for the military anymore, but they definitely like make hard tax still. There are people that, you know, I mean, maybe that's all you have is food. Again, it can sustain you for a long time. It's hot, like makes you feel stuffed because it's so dry. So, yeah. Cool. The, the other question I had is, is there somebody off camera that's like, Mm-mm, no, you can't. Is there somebody that's like, no, you're, <laughs> I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you guys do that one. Yeah. So we have a medic that is there. Um, and he, he's like, you know, he's an EMT. He's just there in emergency cases. He's like, you know, something goes wrong. I got, you know, whatever. But we have a food toxicologist on set who was an expert. We had a couple different ones that came in and out, uh, but they were very, very knowledgeable. And there was a couple times where I was like, I mean, I don't think it could be that bad. And the toxicologist is in the back going like, don't eat it. Don't, don't eat it. <laughs> like yelling at us. Um, Smokey is way more... Uh, apprehensive than me where I'm like, I mean, how bad this Parmesan cheese is only 80 years old. I mean, yeah. it really can't be that. It, it was in a, it was in a bag. So, um, yes, there is a toxicologist there. And, you know, there was definitely, there was definitely some episodes where that first bite, but I will say this. Okay. So you're shooting this show, you introduce, you do the unboxing of it, which is really cool. And then, you know, you talk about the history of it for a while and you do a couple different things. And everybody on the production staff is kind of standing around quiet. You're going about their business, maybe checking their phone. As soon as we start to unbox or uh, open those items, everybody's on their feet. Everybody's watching. People are glued to the monitors. Uh, you know, there was at one point where, uh, you know, we had two A and B cameras. And then we had a, a roaming C camera and then a wide D camera. And the one point our lead camera guys on a single going, and I can hear him going, Who's on D camera? And the girl is just staring. And the girl that's supposed to be running the camera is not looking at the camera. She's just looking at the table like, are they going to do that? And she wasn't holding me. She was able to just nice. like, the wide shot was just off. It's like my dad recording my Little League games back in like 1990. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 the thing about it is, is that you have those medics, you have that toxicologist, but like, the excitement of it when you open that up is like palpable in the room. And I really feel like that comes across on screen too, which is, which is cool. 
No, yeah, you. As soon as you're like, oh, I'm gonna do it, and I think it's a nice touch when Old Smokey, the guy who, no offense, seems like the pro at this specific thing. Yeah, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm like, ah. Josh, I know you're alive now. I know you're fine. You're not in the hospital. You're fine. You're good. I know you'll be fine. I, I know this will be fine, but please don't do it. <laughs> please don't do what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Uh, I, uh, I did want to, I was reading up on an interview that the History Channel did for with you guys with Back to Back. Yeah. And so Old Smokey collected old cigarette paraphernalia with like old sales, like, like old signs, old cigarette packaging, old stuff. That made me think, I'm like, actually, that, like, no one really in my family smokes. Like, that's not like a thing. It's never been in my life. But I will say, there was at this uh, diner that's in my hometown, they changed the outside, but the inside's still grimy and gross. Like, there's like (laughs) three stains everywhere. Uh, they have an old cigarette vending machine, and it still like looks really cool. Like I get that aspect of it when it, like when it comes to collecting, uh, and like old when you have that old Wheaties box, and you guys dive into. I'm basically giving you guys the synopsis. This is, you guys got to better go watch it. But the <laughs> the history of Wheaties and the Wheaties box, and the fact that you had to like let cereal sit for a night before you could eat it. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I don't get well, how could you just not make it to edible immediately like all other food? Yeah, dude. And it's like the how they make how they like they stumbled upon cereal and it was a total accident and you know like Post and Kellogg I think worked together at a sanitarium and they both developed cereal together as a cure for masturbation. Yes, we, yes. Yeah. Toot, that toot. didn't really make the show. History was like kind of, they didn't want to talk about masturbation. Which I <laughs> Missed guess. opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, it's the, um, the, the cool thing, Smokey has like tons of old ra- military rations that we didn't even get to on the show. Hopefully season two, season three, whatever, we have some cool ones. We're, tr- we're really trying to find some World War II ones, even World War I. Uh, any kind of canned foods that was possibly in World War One and perfectly kept. Obviously, we're still on like the lookout for all this stuff. But the the accessory packets, which we don't do on the show because they don't have any food in them. Mm-hmm. But they have, you know, the accessory packets have uh, five packs of old cigarettes, right? So Smokey has accessory packets from the Korean War. We had Korea like off. We couldn't do this on the show, obviously, but off offset. I had like Korean War lucky strikes. I had Jeez. Korean War Benson and Hedges. Uh, I had like Vietnam War cigarettes that were part of these accessory packets. Cigarettes are awesome from back then. I'm not a smoker at all. I, I, you know, I have like a cigarette on the golf course every now and then. But these old cigarettes are like sweet and they have like a really cool taste to them. And these accessory packets are really cool because you don't see how they package this unless you were in the military. How they package chiclets, matches, toilet paper, certain candies and gums and all this kind of stuff. It is, it's a cool world to really get into. And sm- that's Smokey's area of expertise. So when we do a lot of that, we, I think we probably do like five or six different military things on the show as far as rations and stuff go. So you'll, you'll, you get a really cool uh, educational journey through military rations on the show for sure i hope and i don't know if you can tell me now but i hope you get to old nasa rations because the way that they packaged food for space travel was because like who hasn't seen like i mean like an old don knots movie where it's like peanut butter and a toothpaste tube and you're like that can't be you can't do that we we do eat one uh nasa food item that that actually went up into space and came back down because they didn't finish they didn't. They didn't finish it. This is left. This is leftovers. Yeah. Dude, that's that's pretty cool. It is. Uh, and I will it's be true. tuning in. 
So we've got a few questions from uh, on the chat, on the Discord, on Patreon, a, a bunch of different places. Um, but this one seems pertinent. Uh, Danny M says you because you mentioned a little bit about like Old Smokey has some of this stuff. You, you've got you've, you're reaching out. How do you guys find all the old food? Like, what are your resources for finding this? The um, so obviously the internet makes this show possible mm-hmm. because there were tons of collectors. Uh, that have either thrown it up on eBay or have maybe made a blog post about it or have made a YouTube video about it. Uh, maybe Smokey knew from a collector thing or, you know, there's there's so many different collectors out there that have access to this stuff that we reached out to and were cool enough to send to us. One, a uh, com- couple of them, obviously, we went to their houses and met with them and, and saw their collection and tried some stuff. I will say we, we go to a guy's house, a, a, a nice couple, an older couple. They were amazing. I don't want to tell you what food item we have, but I did ask to eat one of the items on their shelf, and they they blatantly said no. They were like, nope, <laughs> nope, you can't touch that one. And I was like, oh, that's such a bummer because it's something that, like, it was a very rare item, and I get why they wouldn't let it because, you know, these people are very protective of their things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, what's, what's crazy, since the show aired, a couple of people have reached out to me on Twitter or Instagram and been like, hey, I have this really old something or other. And, I, you know, there is, if you go to history.com, you can go on our page and you can, you know, get involved, basically. And you can reach out and somebody will answer you and say, yeah, we'd love to have that for the show. And um, so that we can maybe try it next season. Because, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of food items out there that don't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of food items that we eat every day that we just kind of take for granted because they've just always been around. You don't know the history of it. Like, I can't wait for you guys to see the Pringles episode. That's my favorite thing that we that we tried because I love Pringles. That's like one of my favorite snack foods, but the history behind Pringles and how they made it and the, you know, the, the ups and downs of actually getting the Pringles to the shelves is a, is a really, really cool story. But yeah, if you go to history.com and you want to send us stuff, we'd love to, to take a look at it because there's a lot of stuff that we definitely have in storage being stored right now that are prepped for seasons two, three, that we are ready to really investigate and deep dive into for sure. That's awesome. Uh, Here's a yeah. question for you, also from Danny M, but he wrote it somewhere else. Uh, can you guys find uh, uh, Pepsi Crystals, what he calls it, Crystal Pepsi? Uh, is that something we might see this season? Yep. Cool. Are you, and uh, yeah. you have to. I mean, it, I, I think the most famous jo- genre, vi- like video of this genre of trying old food is LAB's trying that Crystal Pepsi. And a clear, not to knock him, mm-hmm. obviously yeah. he's a big fan of this show. Uh, yeah. He... Uh, he clearly didn't like read any part of it <laughs> and, or like no. inspect it a lot before he put a good amount of it into his body. Totally. <laughs> LA beast, no pun intended is, is a different beast when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like he's chugging stuff. We're trying it. We're getting like, you know, we're trying to give you more of like the history of it. than we are the shock value of the whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, we tried to get him on the show, but apparently he's working on some sort of idea where maybe he's just like, actually risking his life to do this stuff which uh, guys you know like don't do that yeah <laughs> don't do that don't do that yeah. we also have another question in the chat from thierry fournier um as somebody i'm going to say it this way as somebody from quebec uh there's a term for it and i cannot pronounce it uh he's yeah. got to ask have you ever had poutine and he's posted a picture and i've heard about poutine and now i'm realizing i don't know what the hell poutine is so you don't no is it's great it's it's French fries, gravy, and cheese curds. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I yeah. might be it into that. It immediately stops your heart as soon as you take a bite, but then you got to eat it again to keep going. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Everything just shuts down. <laughs> yes. 
Um, introduce my wife to poutine. Do you guys know the guys that kind of funny? Do you know like Greg Miller, Nick Scarpino? Yeah. Guys yeah. Guys? yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, so Greg Miller's wife is from Quebec. Um, okay. And she she makes homemade poutine, which I've never had, but it looks amazing. And she but she pointed me to a place that she said had the most legit poutine, at least in San Francisco that I have. And I totally forget the name, but it was really good. Um, and like she's kind of found different places for poutine because her and Greg are total foodies. And she's like a chef magnifique to take a word from some French. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, poutine is absolutely fantastic. I would eat poutine anywhere, anytime. Nice. Nice. I uh I only tried it when we were in uh, Canada and I had it at the Wendy's in the uh, Vancouver airport. And I'm like, everyone's Classic. like mad at me when I do that. I'm like, I had ketchup chips. Leave me alone. I had all I had. Was that uh, all dressed or whatever that whatever that yeah. other. Yeah. Which yeah. they're great. All the chips are great. You guys got great, great chips up there. I don't know why we don't have them down here. I don't know how you have a monopoly on the best chip flavors. Yeah. Uh but I, I will have proper poutine, and I will ask for recommendations from our Canadian listeners so you can tell me. You guys, it's like when we go to Austin and everyone fights about where to go get barbecue. It's like, we're fine. We'll go. We'll find a place. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't don't kill each other. So, I hear you. Uh, yeah. Josh, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but can you say what not what it is, but how old is the oldest thing that you've had so far for this show? That Civil War hard tech is the oldest. Got for it. For sure. There, there are a couple things that come close to it. So there, we do have a couple other century-old things that we get into. Is there is there like a red line for like if it's past this point, uh, like it either doesn't exist or you can't – like are you like pulling stuff from like this was in the Middle Ages and you know what I mean? Like we – I mean honestly, man, there uh, – somebody just sent me an article about uh, they were digging up someplace in London and they found all these old beers from like the mid-1800s that were buried underneath all these bricks. Like that's – those are – that's like my holy grail kind of a stuff people have asked me before. I want that stuff that was like buried under a shipwreck and they found like an old bottle of wine or brandy or like jarred olives that were somehow stored in a creek for thousands of years and they like popped up somewhere. Like that's the kind of stuff – I would love to try. Um, I don't think there was a red line per se, but I think they're definitely with our like safety people that are on set that are looking at these items saying if they're not properly sealed and they look like they may have been compromised, we're not going to try them on the show uh, just because there's there's no reason to. If they're, if they're only like 60 years old and they don't look like they're in good shape, we're not going to get into it. But if they look fine and they're like, you know, 70, 80 years old, more than likely they're going to get open. Uh, wow. as, as your friend, I'm grateful that the, those people on set to keep you safe. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I read, um, that old Smokey mentioned, uh, a jar of honey that someone found that was like 500 years old or so, something like crazy like that. That was a couple yeah. centuries. And I like that makes more sense in my brain. Cause honey, they're like, it, it doesn't, uh, go bad. It's one of those foods that doesn't. So like it, it it's a, I mean, sure. A food can go bad for different reasons maybe just not like the way that other food does but like i that would be something i'd actually feel more safe like older honey i could see myself trying something like that dj yes what's the this thing you would eat none of those things i'm not as brave (laughs) as uh josh or old Smokey is um uh what what is the oldest thing i would eat Man, I live in a house where, like, my wife is very concerned about such things. So if it's like she looks at expiration date and she's like, well, it's done. It's done. I was like, well, you maybe it could be. Nope, done. Boom, out of here. Um, 
so I got to be quick on the trigger with stuff that we get so I can I can have it before it gets tired. What is the oldest thing? I mean, I guess it depends. No, man, I'm not brave enough for that shit. What about you, man? What about you? You should be honest. That's good. Yeah. I, you know, when you had the ET candy, I was like, okay, I could ha- I could see like an old candy bracelet, that kind of stuff. If it was yeah. sealed, if it was safe, I could see myself eating candy because yeah. it is so processed. I'm like, th- I feel like there's a right chemical balance here that it's good. Like if you said like something, any organic or equivalent from like 50 years ago, I'm like, nah, 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 we're not uh-uh. touching that. Uh-uh. I want to, you know, like I love snack foods. Um, we have a we have a really fun Oreo episode um, cool. coming up that I really enjoyed, um, and we have. Uh, I mean, I would love to to really get into maybe some like seventies, sixties, seventies, like oatmeal cream pies or like tasty cakes, yeah, or you know, any of those kind of like Drake's coffee cake that were still sealed or in a box. Uh, I think Twinkies have been kind of done to death. I think everybody is like, we know it holds. I mean, who knows? But I would love to try some of those. Like I, I always kind of go to that uh, Seinfeld episode where Elaine eats Peterman's cake from like the from the wedding of like the Archduke Ferdinand or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Um, I wouldn't. I would like to try uh, you know something crazy. Like, you know something something like that. Something with some more historical maybe that was at some kind of event. You know what I'm saying? So I'd love to get involved into that. That's where I think a lot of the, the collectors come down the line is if they come down the line, they say, hey, we have this. You have to come to our place and open it with like a group of people because we're waiting to do it. We want to put it on the show and have like a special occasion with it. I think that's going down the line where like I hope eating history goes. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping for your sake. Maybe they find like is there like Titanic wine that they can like pull out from the Titanic or like an old pirate ship with, that's sunk with like rum in it or whatever. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, DJ. Yes. I'm I'm super on board with that. Also, I kind of want to see old cocktails. Like cuz yes. like it's just to see like when you get desperate. Like I don't know cuz like there's like ver- there's like moonshine that you can buy at a store, but like when you want to see like how people try to gussy up basically cleaning products so they could drink it. I don't want you to get in trouble. I don't want you to get hurt by this. But yes. I am interested as a viewer to see something like this. I'm with you. I think that if we like blur the face or darken the face <laughs> and go to a remote location to see some of these these bootleggers, I'm I'm totally on board with that kind of stuff. Yes. And old cocktails. You know, the thing is is that bar shows, you know, food shows make sense because you can like you know, when you're at the end of chef's table and you see those beautiful shots of how that food is prepared, your mouth waters. Yeah. It's hard to do that with a cocktail because at the end of the day, you put all those ingredients in liquid, it all kind of just merges together, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're able to do historical cocktails or cocktails that, like, you know, existed long ago and you have to use an old liqueur that maybe doesn't exist or we find a really old liqueur to make a cordial with it, that's definitely, I think, where this show could, could do the drinking aspect of it really well, for sure. That's pretty cool, man. I want to thank you once again for joining us. Uh, You're a beloved guest for the Only Stupid Answers uh, podcast. And we will be tuning in Wednesdays on the History Channel at what time? 10 p.m. Very cool. I'll be watching, I'll be checking it out, and I'll be texting you to make sure that you're okay. Even <laughs> though I know you are, I just got to double check. Uh, but for people who don't know, where can they find you outside of the History Channel? Yeah, uh, at Josh McCuga, Twitter and Instagram. You guys can use the hashtag EatingHistory. Uh, I look at that hashtag every day to see what people think. Um, post, if you're watching the show, post it, tag me, and you know, I'll restore you or retweet it, whatever. Let me know if you guys have any old food or anything like that. 
uh, you know, DM me, whatever. I, I look at everything and uh, I'm really, really excited about the show. It's been all positive comments so far from so many different people and it's it makes me feel pretty special. So thank you. And I thank you guys for having me on again. I love coming on the show. Oh, I love talking to you guys. You know, talking movies, nerdy stuff, whatever the case may be, it's always a good time. Well, we love oh, yeah, man. We appreciate you joining us. Yeah, we love yeah. having you on and we're so excited about your show and, and watching it was so cool. We do have a couple people in the chat right now um that danny boy said he'd uh try jerky a very small piece uh maggie whitmer says when i worked fast food i had someone offer me a homemade moonshine because we were closing and i gave them a bunch of extra food offered she didn't say she she uh, imbibed it uh but she was offered um you gotta do it you gotta do it but seriously man uh so exciting that that your show's out there and people are enjoying it and it's so cool and very happy for you. And again, just super glad that you, you finished it before everything happens. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. Fantastic. Well, you can find me at Sam Basher everywhere that matters uh, at DJ Talks Trash for DJ That's and me. at Only Stupid Answers on Twitter. Yank up the vowels from stupid. Bing, bing, boom. We still have content coming out at YouTube.com slash Only Stupid Answers podcast every Monday, 5 a.m. PST. So make sure you listen to it on any of the podcasting apps that you prefer. And follow us everywhere because we're all doing stuff to make the world feel a little bit better because it's scary right now. But, Josh, thank you once again. Thank you to everyone who was listening. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.